couple with two kids wanting to do something that highlights the power of friendship and what it means to be in the company of true friends. We're going to move our society away and out of the loneliness epidemic and into a friendlier, happier world. Welcome to Our Friendly World. Better, Stronger, Together. everybody welcome back hello welcome to our friendly world have a beautiful every day are you having a beautiful day a beautiful evening beautiful afternoon um do it hi everyone so matt (laughs) matt's gonna kick it off today with a horrible horrible title i mean you didn't make it up but go figure the patriarchy did right from the what 1950s 70s 1970s same difference uh, <laughs> 70s was a very different time than the 50s so who are these guys erwin altman of the university of utah and dalmas taylor of the university of delaware we have no idea how these guys knew each other were they friends i don't know do you know absolutely no idea but they were researchers yes sociologists so check it out guys take it away matt social penetration theory ew yeah, exactly. There is a little <laughs> aspect of, mm, oh dear. Would you rather it was um, called the social diffusion theory? Because diffusion is perhaps a perhaps a nicer way of saying well, penetration. I was thinking about it in the it bathroom. Actually, I was thinking, what if we called it the social dance theory? But it was close to STD. It was SDT. I think either way, this kind of whatever we're talking about can go awry. <laughs> As most things, I suppose, can. Go for it. Social penetration theory, as um, <laughs> theorized in the 70s. This is two sociologists getting together, trying to figure out how people become friends. It's very Greek in that they're attempting to categorize different kind of classifications of friends. And honestly, on some level, it all feels very intuitive. But they, it is an objective theory because they actually did do experiments to quote-unquote prove what it is we're talking about i thought it was all experimental i thought it was all experiments being done that it wasn't a a one-on-one case basis it was purely scientific right but that's just it you start with your theory and then you attempt to prove it i don't believe they started with a completely blank canvas to try and understand how people become friends so i don't know and the different categories thereof okay so start from the beginning give us a quick definition of what this is it's defining different categories of friendships. All right. And how you move from one category to another category. And what all that means. So let's get what into all it. all that means. Let's yes. go. I'm ready. Okay. So they described five stages or steps. And stage one is orientation. This is the stranger on a train, stranger on a plane. They said stranger on a train, which I thought was funny. I think of it as stranger on a plane, mm-hmm. where you're just kind of, you're kind of in this position where you're next to somebody for an hour and if you start the conversation it's the types of things you usually talk about so it's very small talky it's very non-intimate and they describe they have this whole theory of people are like onions and i do too but people are like onions and what you see on the outside is the 
the simplest kind of non-subjective things. Like you see if somebody's male or female, you see what race someone is, how tall they are, that kind of stuff. And that's the kind of initial things you get into with small talk. You know, where are you from? These aren't opinions. These are just things. So this is the first layer. This is called the orientation stage. And orientation it's, stage. It's the onion. They, they no, 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 this isn't the onion. The onion this is, is not the onion? It's the internal personal stuff. It's where it gets weird. So how is this different than the onion? Okay, are you going to get into that? Um, are you going to explain? How is what you're just ta- The five the stages? The onion is you. The stages are you and someone else. But isn't that the layers of the onion? Well, it's what you choose to reveal about yourself. All right, never mind. Yeah, and it's all fluff. It's all messed up. Okay. Anyways, let's keep going. Okay. So once you get past this orientation phase, I think we've all, I think we all have a fairly keen understanding of what that is. I don't, because I don't have small talk. So when we talked about this, I said, well, yeah, well, this is how I operate, and every single time you're like, well, it doesn't include you. Because you said I'm weird like that. Yeah, and, and that's that's the problem here, folks, is there are moments in time where I think I very much fall into the quote-unquote standards, but Vaughn rarely does. Which is a problem. Which is, is it a problem? It's hard for you to understand how other people process. Right, it is. So I don't have small talks. Orientation stage for me is I scan the person and I can feel their entire life history and I'll get into it immediately. The stranger on the bus or the train or the plane. (laughs) (laughs) So that's first stage for me, but I don't count. So I'm just going to try to be quiet. So, okay, what is small talk, honey? Explain to me. Well, what is that? Okay, stranger on a train. Where are you coming from? Where are you going to? What are you going to do there? That's small talk. That's small talk? That's small talk. Is, Is small talk also the weather? Yes, small talk is the weather. Is small talk, how about those Mets? Yes. Okay. All right. Go on. Yeah. You I'm know, sorry. Oh, I don't follow baseball. It's like there's no judgment there. You're just, it's very fact based, kind of okay. back and forth. And you're, and if somebody offers an opinion, it's not going to be. Odds are, you're not asking about deep your your deep sorted, deep seated core beliefs, and they're not talking about their deep seated core beliefs. Because it's, you're not invested. You don't like. There's a there's a total division. Right. Okay, got it's, it. It's rare that small talk leads to somebody trying to convert you to Buddhism or Christianity or whatever. Because it's small talk. You're just hanging out. Okay. So then they describe the next phase as this exploratory effective. And again, welcome to sociologists. They love sticking big words that seem like they mean a lot. It kind of means the next phase. Okay, and so it's called what? Exploratory effective. Effective, effective with, of, an with an A. So I always have to look this up. Effect versus effect. Effect with an A, A-F-F-E-C-T, is a verb. Effect is the noun. And it's the, quant- the, <laughs> it's the consequences of an effect. So effect is the outcome of an effect. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Effect is a verb. Effect is a noun. But on some level, it doesn't matter. These are just words that they chose to attach to the next stage. Well, then, if you're going to think about it like that, nothing matters. Who cares? Everything is just words and numbers. There you go. Why are we even here? There you go. I'm okay, with you. Okay, but <laughs> step three. Oh, wait, is this three or two? No, we're on two. I'm sorry. So that this one is called... Why are we talking about... If, I thought three was effective. Don't jump ahead, woman. I'm sorry. You... <laughs> We're on stage two, which is oh, I exploratory, see. exploratory affective. affective. 
Sorry. Thank you. I'll be quiet. This is what happens when I attempt to lead the show, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Zing. Anyways, so this is where you start to get more real with each other. This is, you are more intimate. You can get into moderate topics. Now, there's a lot of hot button topics right now that people won't touch, particularly kind of red versus blue topics. This isn't those types of things. This All is, right. yes, go ahead. Explain to me what this is, because obviously I don't know, because I'm uncouth in that manner. So start revealing inner self little by little. How does that work? Can you explain? Give well, me an example. It's a delicate dance. Which I know nothing about. Right. So can you explain it to me? Okay, so this would be uh, when you choose to reveal. So again, let's talk stranger on a train and let's talk about going through this. Hold on. Stop, stop. Yes. How about if I'm the stranger and you're coming to me? You've done the small talk. Now we're going to go to stage two, exploratory, effective. Yes. So I'll just be quiet. So you show me what that is because... Obviously, if My I'm Lord. the, I, well, I need to learn. I don't, well, I seriously don't understand. And I get it. Unfortunately, this is scientists attempting to categorize labels. Mm -hmm. um, and honestly, it's an infinite spectrum, but this takes us into. So you're a stranger. We've had our small talk. Where are you going? Where are you coming from? Wow, that's a, that's a cute skirt or whatever, you know, that okay. kind of stuff. Where'd you get it? That kind of stuff. Now, all of a sudden unrequested by you maybe i start showing you pictures of my kids so i'm making myself more vulnerable mm, okay because you could be like oh my god that's an ugly child like or, would it be safe to say i just experienced this i'm trying to think of something <laughs> i don't know or like me maybe revealing that i served in the military mm -hmm. or you know where all of a sudden people start to have um pre judged notions what if you had an extraordinary day and you start saying let me tell you about what just happened to me. Like the weirdest, mysterious coincidence just happened to me. Would that be okay or is that too far? Well, you're, you're moving into the more intimate stage. So yes, it's totally okay. Would this fall into the exploratory effective stage? It depends on me and it depends on you, honestly. This is all feeling out. This is more like I'm kind of feeling you out as far as your opinions on things, but like opinions on stuff that I kind of don't care if we disagree. Basically, you're just revealing your inner self little by little. Little by like little. Like your inner self rather right. than the weather outside. Yes. Okay, I got it. I think I got it. Okay. Okay. Sorry for interrupting no, so no, much. No, it's totally fine. I just want to learn. Now, here's where it gets fun. Most, oh, and it, it's almost painful to say this, but most friendships stop here. Makes most sense. Most friendships stop here. But that's just it. And that's where I'm always saying, is this a true friendship? Because, yeah, this is like a, still an acquaintance level, isn't it? It's still very acquaintancy. Absolutely. And this can be work relationships. And this can be even familial relationships or in-law style relationships or roommate kind of relationships. They can stop here where, you know, you're basically just kind of like, yeah, how's it going? And, you know, I'm not, I'm not here to, to criticize, basically. <laughs> Is this the one where you were explaining it as, this is your opinion, that this is the friend zone? Yeah, this is definitely the friend zone. As definitely. in, it's kind of related to dating, all these different stages, but this is the friend zone, meaning not friendship, friendship the way we're talking about, but like you're stuck in the friend zone, it's not going to go anywhere else. Right. And this is 
stuck in the friend zone now. This is the path to a real romantic relationship, but you're not there yet and you may never get there. Yes, it's exactly what we're describing. So can we take this talk and not refer to it as a romantic relationship, but still treat it the same way you explore a romantic relationship? The romantic relationship in this case being your romantic ideal would be that you would find your best friend. Okay, that's fine. Does that make sense? Right. And and no, going to a dating metaphor, I mean, uh, a romantic relationship is a friendship, is a very close, deep friendship. It's a bond. On many, you know, on 85 other levels, it exists as well. But on that level, it does exist. Mm-hmm. So once the, the, the subtle nuance is, is the exploratory effect. Hold on. Yes. Wait, wait. Are you moving to step three right now? Yeah, of course. No, wait, wait, wait. Wait, you, wait. You said something really um, interesting about step two, which was, again, the exploratory effective stage. Mm-hmm. And when you mentioned that this is the safe zone, you said something really profound to me. And it explains. Yeah, this was later on in our conversation, wasn't it? No, no, no. It's still about this particular stage, though. I know, but... But you said, this is where people can't hurt you. And I think... Point. Yeah, And I think that's why people are afraid to really reveal themselves and to have true friendship. Because it does require some work to have a true friendship. And that work could be being revealing revealing yourself well yeah you have to make yourself vulnerable in order to really deepen a friendship i think or relationship the fear of being hurt keeps people at this superficial stage absolutely can i call it a superficial stage we don't we don't want to call it a superficial stage but yes okay i'm done so okay stage three yes so exploratory effective in their minds, can turn into the effective stage. And again, this all... To me, there's infinite levels of nuance and subtlety and a million other things, and you can drift in and out of different stages at different times and all the rest of it. So this is effective. So this is just a a straight-up effective, stage three. And this is where all of a sudden you start really getting criticisms and you start arguing about aspects of your core beliefs. Because this is where you've now shared... Your personal and private matter. So you're starting to share the things that you hold more deeply, yes. And this is where you said criticism come Criticisms totally and come arguments. In. Yeah. So it doesn't sound very it doesn't sound very um um friendly, does it? It makes sense though. Remember when we had our first big fight and one of our friends congratulated us. Congratulated you. I didn't hear about this. But until you were later. there. Weren't you there? No, I wasn't. I thought you were there. Mm-hmm. She congratulated us and said, Well done. Now you can move forward. Well, yeah. And I said, What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> it's over. And she said, Well, now you've had your argument and your criticisms. Now and now I can see what she meant. Like we moved to stage three. Well, yeah, well, honestly. Because we didn't want to separate. Right. Even though we have these criticisms and arguments. Right. Well, and the other thing that you learn about the other person is how they fight. Oopsies. When I, I always describe this to different people who are just getting into a, a romantic relationship. It's like when you do have a big fight, do you throw everything you can at the person to hurt them? Are you taking every piece of knowledge that you've ever learned about this person and you just want to hurl it back at them and hurt them? 
Or do you want to talk about what you're arguing about? And are you going to be respectful? And are you going to be mindful? And are you going to not go for that? Because there is literally, and I believe this, every single relationship that I have, with the exception of my wife, because I think we have a very different, much more evolved relationship. But I think in every relationship I have, and that includes, you know, the boss I just met a week ago to the grocer up the street who checks me out to friends I've had for years. Checks you out? Well, you know, like, (laughs) God. But I believe that there's a series of 10 words I can string together that will terminate that relationship. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily things I believe, but if I go into my boss and I say, you're a no-nothing, do-nothing, ridiculous cartoon of a person, I'm probably going to get fired. And that's an extreme example, but I believe that exists in just about every relationship. So when you fight, there's that string of 10 words you can put together. And if you do, then you're done. And if you choose not to, if, if you choose to be respectful, if you choose to be mindful, if you're just going and arguing about what you're arguing about, but you're trying to be respectful on both sides, and this is a two-way street, then your relationship has a chance to further deepen. Otherwise, it's done. Thank you. I went through this a few years ago with the yoga people. They were disrespectful. We reached a point in our friendship where we had reached such intimacy and then All of a sudden, they threw nuclear bombs at me during a conflict that was involving our group. Right. And that was it. Like, and they they thought they could just go back to normal. That's how they treated each other. They could throw out these destructive words, but in their own families, they would just get on with it and never express any kind of communication about why that was said. They just pretended it wasn't said. Right. And again, familial relationships, in-laws, people you work with and are going to continue to work with, because I just described a scenario where I would stop working there, obviously. They're different and they don't follow these rules because in many ways you're kind of in prison with them. And your only choice is to sever all contact or continue figure out how to make it okay. Got it. And yeah, I'm not a figure out how to make it okay kind of person. Effective relationships actually also lead us into, this is where romantic relationships can begin, which is kind of fun. So yeah, that makes sense. When we had our argument, that's when we developed our marriage, actually. Well, right and it, it around doesn't that have point. to be predicated on a fight. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to duke it out. And you could have, you could have deep-seated friendships or deep friendships with people you've never argued with. It's you, not, can, you can balance it's, the criticism. It's a bellwether, though, of things because you're now throwing out things that might be controversial. Right. And if you can maneuver it without getting burned, I don't know how else to describe it. Right. But if you can handle the criticism and the arguments and the relationship still survives or flourishes, actually. Right. But this also leads us to why... People who agree on everything can have deep friendships because they can reveal all these inner things about themselves, but the other person is basically in the exact same boat, so they reveal the exact same thing. That's kind of boring, though. You know, I'm not going to argue that. I would prefer to have people that I totally don't understand for a little bit. 
Because I want to grow like that. Sometimes friendships are just a, a case of two people who just agree on everything. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, maybe they grew up in the same small town and lived there for 40 years. And I just don't think you can grow as human beings like that. You yeah, can't stretch. We're talking about friendships. We're not talking about personal growth. Well, for me, friendship and personal growth go hand in hand. And again, see, But that's me once again. And this is tricky because I'm not going to disagree with you. On that level, I, I agree on many levels, but I can have a friend who I just agree with. There's nothing wrong with that. I dig that. I don't know. That to me is just an acquaintance though. You know, I, no. What if, like, we always talk about this, like how people get in trouble because they're surrounded by yes men or yes women. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, but You that, just want to agree all the time. To me, that's different. Okay. You know, um, a yes man is someone who says yes, regardless of what they believe. But it's the same outcome. If you're both, if both sides are constantly in agreement, then everything outside of that agreement is other. And therefore you have separation. Therefore you can't have a society that can easily dance together. That's a problem. Yeah, but I'm not talking about all friendships should be this way. I'm just saying it's okay to have a friend who's just like you. Okay. Or even many friends. It it just, you get into a, a mindset of too much self-belief that you're right if everybody always agrees with you. Next. <laughs> Next. <laughs> so that takes us, okay, so we started orientation, then exploratory effective, then effective. And then the next level. Number four. Stable. Which, wow. It's a place where things are just on the level. I mean, they're really not. But now you're in a place of honesty, like almost complete honesty, spontaneity. And I think most importantly, you've gotten to a point where you can predict your friend's emotional reactions to various <laughs> to be scientific stimuli, but to various things that you might bring up. Again, this seems kind of superficial, but it, it makes sense because it's... Well, you know what? the person now. This person has mm. chosen to share a lot, of a lot, if not all. Not, I don't think we actually ever share all of what we are, but they've shared most of what they are with you. Wow. And you've shared most of what you are with them. I'm sorry, I'm going to interject, but like every single one I have a major disagreement with right here. Of course. Because I, I don't think, first of all, I, but you're right. Like you were saying, what did you, what did Wait, you call hold on, me today? What was that? No, stop it. What did you call me today? You said, <laughs> what did you call me when I said, am I, you, you said you don't count. <laughs> I did say you don't count. Yes, I did. Like folks. whatever, <laughs> whatever. Well, you're an, well, 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 can we, can you explain? Can you like, why did you say I don't count? Because it sounds horrible, in, but you didn't mean it like that. In computer programming. There are these things called edge cases, which are where everything's kind of backwards or it, it could never happen in the real world or it's so rare to happen in the real world that maybe we don't take it into account. It's like theories are good for 80% of the people or 89 or 90 or 95 or 99.9, .9, but it's rare you can find something that's for 100% of the people other than stuff like you breathe air. It's, has, it's like these really kind of course fundamental things therefore you get people like me who don't fit in yes who is the odd duck yes who doesn't understand why they don't fit in true so <laughs> <laughs> true so stable stage some of the deepest personal thoughts beliefs and values are shared 
and reactions of the other person is predicted by the other person. Well, I was going to say, I can never predict, unless I get into a psychic mode, I can't predict what someone's going to say. I'm never going to hold that on anyone because I feel like every human being is an ever-evolving, changing thing. Second, millisecond after millisecond. I'm, I'm never going to say this is how this person is going to react. I don't have that ability. I'm, I'm not, I don't even want that. So I, I will never hold anyone to that. To, to say this is what they're going to be thinking or this is going to be their reaction. But it's my I don't prediction do that. as to how you're going to think. I'm not necessarily 100% accurate, but I'm probably but, accurate more often than not. But you're saying this is the majority of society is this way, so let's just go with that and leave me out well, of it. When you're in, when you have a stable friendship or relationship. Again, I don't think my friends ever know where I'm going to, what I'm going to do next, honestly. <laughs> Do you? Do you? Well, Honestly, on. do you? Can you really read it's me? It's emotional reactions. Right. right? Okay. So, wait okay. a second. Wait a second. I know that if I was to make pancakes and I was to leave flour everywhere in the kitchen, like just a thin layer of flour everywhere in the kitchen, and I left every pot and pan out that I used, and I made crap pancakes... My I lips, know how you're going to react to that. My lips heard disappearing, folks. Remember when I told you when a person's lips disappear, that means they don't <laughs> like what they're hearing? <sighs> okay, fine. I get it. Okay. I mean, that. I know what emotional reaction you're going to have when you come in the kitchen. It's not going to be, wow, pancakes. Yeah, but again, that's a very general, like, big example. Well, I'm talking it, it about complex. It starts with big examples, and I'm, they get more complex. Yeah, all right, all As right. you get into more and more of it. See, I don't like scientific studies because things change all the time. At, but they, here we are. And here's the thing. Things change all the time, and while they do describe five levels, each level has an infinite number of nuances to it. Okay. Got it. So it's it's Good. like you're moving from you're moving from you're moving from blue to violet. You're not in stage four, moving to stage five. You're and you're in this element, this mm. as, this hue of violet. Are you bringing the chakra system into play now, honey? Nope, nope. <laughs> it's all about pickles and chakras. Oh my god, guys! Chakra is the chakra, the meridian chakra. Means cucumber, everybody. Uh, I like in the, the yoga cucumbers. world. So when people say your chakra, your throat chakra, you're saying your throat cucumber. It's mm. it's cha, like chocolate. Anyways. Okay, bye. Next. Hold on. So stable relationships, spontaneity also factors, which is fun. I don't think I mentioned that. And then we get into, and this is just kind of the catch-all last basin to me. Hold on. I, what stage are we at right now? We're in the stable. Which is four. Okay. Are you are you moving on to five right I'm now? I'm moving on to five. Okay. Let and, us know where you're going. I'm getting five confused. Five is just the catch-all, honestly. And that's, they call it, God help, because it is social penetration theory. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this would be the depenetration stage. Stop <laughs> Can't help it. It's just funny, and that's just what it is. And different points in time, different words, and words are funny and aren't funny. But anyways, um, and that just is when you start like withdrawing from the friend, from whatever stage you are in the friendship. And so you can literally go from a stable relationship to a 
exploratory effective. You can actually just regress all the way back. So number five, relationship starts breaking down. Negative emotions, negative talk starts coming in. Right. Well, this is like if we've gotten to a place and you and I disagree about something that turns out is very, very important. You think you shouldn't have to shower every day, and I do. No, I'm kidding. We're talking about really more deep-seated things that you just have a fundamental disagreement with. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to even talk about what an example of one of those because everything, everything in there is incendiary. So, okay. So anything more to say on this? Uh, so that was stage five. That would be stage five. And so... But then they showed the onion and the, they said there are six, six layers. Well, there's six layers of and who the, you are is what they believe. So the sixth one, the layer would be your, what? Your inner self? Your innermost self, which is... Concept the, of self. Concept of self, yes. So, you know, depending on how you view it, it's like, I am the center of the universe. The world will die at my end, that kind of stuff. And that's really... You know, we start getting very Freudian, Jungian or something. I don't know. Um, excuse me. This whole thing is very Freudian. I mean, look at the stages. You're like, you well, meet the person and you're like, hey. And then you get closer. And then you get to this stage and then there's penetration. And then there's deep penetration. It's, this is purely from a patriarchal <laughs> Freudian. I don't like, this is, this is the act of sex, basically. <laughs> But we're taking it to a friendship level or they were trying to talk about a friendship level. But like, seriously, talk about Freud. (sighs) They shouldn't have called it. Well, yes. Welcome to the patriarchal society. Anyways. But now circling back now that we're now that we've talked about the five, I'm only really interested in the four. When things start to fall apart, things start to fall apart. And that's what it is. And it's going to stop where both parties are going to be happy with where the relationship stops. So either you stop completely talking to each other or you go from being bestest buddies to just talking about like, oh, yes, and the weather was this and your kids are doing what and just strictly kind of a fact-based thing. But anyways, not that. Question, though. Yes. Do you think you can go from four back to a one with the same people? Yeah, sure. So like you developed a friendship and you're like, no, 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 no. Here we go. Do you think you can go from five to one? So the it starts breaking down, right? Right. And then can you, with the same people, go back to the one, which is pure small talk? Yeah. But again, I think in many ways, it's so easy to just cast someone adrift. So that you kind of have to be in that situation where this is somebody who is in your sphere enough. So you have to like play nice. So maybe this is someone in church. So you see them in church every Sunday and you talk before the sermon begins. You know, you talk before um, the service begins and you talk for five minutes when the service ends. I can also see it with friends though, like with major friends who have known each other for years. Life happens, things happen, the world changes and you find yourself going in different directions and you have fundamental disagreements and you don't want to give up this beautiful person so you go back to small talk. Maybe. I can see that. I mean, I can't handle that, but I can see that happening. <laughs> well, not for me, but... What do you mean not for you? Oh, no, no, Are no, you no. making just, fun of me? I'm making fun of you. <laughs> I didn't get it. If they have to ask, you've blown it, folks. Thank you. Anyways, now what's interesting is, again, in their postulating they postulated that 
the orientation phase and the exploratory effective phase require proximity, require you to be close to that person. Now, in the 1970s, being close to somebody meant actually occupying a similar physical space. It involved, you know, uh, you're in the same carpool group with your kids, you're attending the same karate class, you're, again, in church. I mean, you see these people frequently. But what's interesting is the world has evolved from this state. Evolved or devolved? Yes. Yes to what? Both. Okay. You know, there are things that are, have gotten much more, much more better and things that have gotten much more not better. Much more better, babe? I did. Oh, my God. Get Norwellian what today. What happened? Okay. So what's your point? Well, what is, I wonder what proximity really means nowadays. Yeah, the past week we've been talking about, is Zoom proximate enough? I was talking to some friends and they were arguing with me about, well, I don't think there's an epidemic of loneliness, so I don't see your point. And they were saying that their case is that the last two years, so many people have become friends over Zoom. So have I. But their theory is that that means the end of the loneliness epidemic is here because there are plenty of people on Zoom. And I said, well, good for you. But no, it's like getting married and you're in the honeymoon stage and you're like, well, I found a partner. So, meh. you know, I got it. But then what happens when you get into the deeper realms and you have the arguments? Do we as a society truly have all the tools? Do we really understand the art of friendship to know how to maneuver and dance and move through together through the arguments and the disagreements? Just because you finally found a friend. Great. That's wonderful. I just think that our society really needs to take a good look at the art of it all and understand how to maneuver and how to really hold someone, hold someone's beliefs and not let it shatter you. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But yeah. let it let it surprise you and elevate you and expand you. Absolutely. No, abs absolutely. But it's kind of weird. I was approaching this much more superficially. <laughs> I was just talking about whether or not proximity, if Zoom really, Zoom, social media, email, messaging is sufficient to kind of negate this whole 1970s style view of what proximity means. I mean, does that mean that you're in proximity to one another? I say yes. I say yes to a degree. I think after a while, though, I totally want to be with people in person. I definitely have people that I consider sisters and we've been on zoom for two two years mm -hmm. right because we're all scattered around the planet i cannot wait to get together with them but i have to say yeah i would say yes zoom is definitely being in the same room okay but it's also you can look at it at a spiritual level if you're connected if you have that kind of connection mm -hmm. that spiritual connection it is being in the same room well and here's where it gets fun because we're talking about kind of i'm talking about the first two levels of a friendship or a relationship which is orientation and exploratory oh god a term exploratory effective which is where you're still not sharing the core fundamental beliefs they believe that proximity is important now where it gets interesting is proximity is not important for the later two stages effective and stable however they require effort 
they don't require proximity. Whereas stage one and two require proximity, but don't require effort. And by effort, I mean like you have to stay in contact on some level. You have to come up with some way of staying in contact with that person. Some yeah, way of staying the, connected to that person. It's very light. This is where the advice would come in from my older friends when I was dating. Keep it light. They would always say, don't reveal too much on the first few dates. Keep it light. And I think that's where the one and two are, correct? Absolutely. You're not going deep and heavy and philosophical about anything. Right. You're just, just have a good time. Yep. But you can totally have a good time and be deep. But well, you can totally have a good time and be deep, but it's easier early on when you're starting to discover things about the other. If you don't start by going super deep, you start by talking about favorite TV shows and favorite musical styles. And that starts to lead you into an argument about maybe political beliefs and other more deep-seated things. What's interesting is the social penetration theory came in the 70s, and there's an even earlier theory. God help us. Now, this one, fortunately, isn't so poorly named. It's called the social exchange theory. Yeah, I like that much better. Yeah, and it's bred from the 50s. And what's interesting to me as a computer it's programmer... It's what? It's bred? Bred. Bred out of the 50s. So it's Oh, like bread? Like thought. to eat? No, B-R-E-D. Oh, okay. Not B-R-E-A-D. <laughs> So it's born out of the 50s. It's probably born out of the late 40s, but that's a whole other story. Um, and this is, as a computer programmer, this is the days where computers were so fascinating. And they almost describe our interactions like computer programs. Because a computer program can model a specific part of the world. So it's a convenient little snippet. And they start talking about like risks versus rewards. And they talk about... Yeah, basically risk versus rewards and why we choose to do thing A over thing B. And it's very terse and it's very almost like if this action, then that action always. So they talk about this whole concept of a success proposition, which is if I'm rewarded for a given action, I'll repeat it. So as a baby, if I giggle, then I get thrown up in the air or whatever, you know, uh, my parents clap their hands. So I know if I giggle, that'll happen. But it all seems like there's so many environmental factors to it that things become tricky. But this starts to kind of dictate, they believe dictating our behavior. So if I'm in a relationship with someone, I know if I do X, then I'll get Y back. And it's very transactional. Okay. Are you ready for my theory? Do you of have anything course. else to add? Well, not to the success proposition of things, but then they talk about stimulus. And that's kind of the other counterpoint, it feels like, to the success proposition, which is the more often I get a given stimulus, the more likely I'll respond to it. I'll do something about it, which is interesting. And again, it kind of refers to us as this kind of one-dimensional critters, but it's a convenient way of looking at things. And then the last one, which destroys everything I just said, is the more often I receive an award, the less valuable it becomes. Let me know when you're done. I'm done. All right, so here's my theory. I just came up with it. You know, originally my theory was we have a problem with friendships and relationships because of the nuclear family, because of the way that we decided, especially within our culture here in the United States, because of the way we work, because of the way we have to make a living 
because of the way certain values came into place. Like, you know, a job is more valuable than a relationship because I have to feed the family. Right. So I'm going to go over here. I may not see you, but I'm providing the family with food and shelter by working over here. Mm -hmm. And that's totally acceptable because you have a job to do. You can't come over for Thanksgiving. Oh, that's okay if it's a job, but it's not okay if you don't feel like it. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Are the way we treat our children and our elders in our family, the way that society was structured because of the way we have to make a living, the way that children are born and immediately placed into daycare, the way that elders reach a certain age and they're put into daycare, that separation, I think the loneliness epidemic stems from that. And it's not just the loneliness epidemic, but just like looking at relationships. That's where it comes from. The way we treat ourselves, the way we treat family is the way we treat our friends. And now listening to this social exchange theory, I think, what did you say it came from out of the 1940s and 50s? Yep. It's interesting to me because what they are valuing here is costs and rewards of relationships. Yep. And when you go back, like our foundation for what we're talking about here with friendship is Greek and it comes from Aristotle. It comes from Aristotle's Nicomachean ethics. When he talks about friendship, he said there are three kinds of friends. There's the friend that is friends with you purely because of the way they feel around you. So they feel a certain way being near you. That's why they are your friend. There's a second type of friend who is friends with you because they're getting something from you right and then there's a third friend who has to do with pure love they just love you as a person as a whole entity mm -hmm. which means if you're in a bad bad mood they love you you're going through hard times they love you you're laughing you're having a good time they love you you've hit it big with money you're now a multi-gazillionaire they love you you're broke and on their couch they love you that's the number three friend. Right. You can you can morph and transmorph in any shape and they love you. That's the number three friend. I think here with this social exchange theory where there is such an emphasis on costs and rewards and losses and gains, this is, I think, where our society went into trouble because this has subliminally or not has become the norm or the, the means to success is always looking at the losses and the gains in a situation. That you look at everything in life as, is it going to benefit me or not? And I think that's not a good way to look at things. Well, you also have to take a look at the world of the ancient Greek versus the world of now. And, you know, honestly, I... Again, theorizing on the fly here, folks. But the world of the Greek, it was almost like everybody in your proximity, you're in this familial type relationship that you couldn't, you can't break out of. And so some people you stick in the acquaintance zone and some people you stick in the I love you zone and some people you stick somewhere in between. But you kind of can't escape them. And where we sit now, anybody I don't want to be friends with, I can unfriend on Facebook. I cannot go to that market anymore. I can... I understand that. I can deny them on my phone. Are you done? 
<laughs> I got it. I got the, all the ways that you can disconnect. Okay. What I'm saying is, what we're saying with the art of friendship is that our muscle for handling conflict and handling a loss and a gain is just so specific that there's no, it's just easy to just neglect and it's also easy to just stay in something that doesn't work for you because it doesn't require a lot of momentum, a lot of work. So I can stay in a bad friendship because I don't want to work at it and use my muscles to know that I deserve better than this or the other way around. See, I would, I would argue that it's easy for me to terminate a friendship yeah. because I can just find another one. Exactly. And, and or I can find another superficial one. we live in a disposable society. We don't go through the motions of truly knowing ourselves and valuing ourselves so that we can just look at a person and not take everything so personally. Right. I just, yeah, going through the motions was a painful way of putting it. But I understand where you were going with it, but it's not going through the motions. It's actually going through the voyage of self-discovery to figure out who you are. Going through the motions makes it sound like it's just kind of, I'm just doing this just to do it. Syntax, it's not a problem. We're describing that if you don't know you, if you don't truly know yourself, it's hard to have friends and you're right. But you said going through the motions of finding yourself. That's all. It's, it's, well, I, I was just going, I'm, I'm going back to the stage where we come into conflict, right? We have disagreements. Yes. I'm saying if we are truly in your center, spiritually in all ways, right? Physically, if you're totally centered, it won't bother you that Susie can come and say something outrageous to you. You can still love her. You don't have to be best friends with her, but it won't rock you. It won't, it won't angrify you <laughs> as much. <laughs> That's my own personal words. Well, no, angrify. Honestly, I think people are maybe too sensitive at this point as far as, you know, if you disagree with me on this one point that is kind of important to me, it, it starts gaining an importance in your own mind if you disagree with somebody. Well, about do you know why? My, my belief on why that is is because we are now in a constant state of confusion. Everything is so confusing. And I think it's made to be that way in our society deliberately for a sense of control over the massive population. Absolutely. But if you're if you're constantly confused, you can't really know what your center is anymore. So I'm saying it's important to just be centered and not become so affected by someone else. Right. And therefore, you can have the capacity to be friends with someone else because you're not going to get hurt. And it sounds like I'm being superficial. Like it sounds like we're going back to the orientation stage where you're just having a small talk. But what I'm saying is you can go deep now as long as you're centered. And I think this is maybe another show. See, this is why I should not talk so much because now I'm like going off on a completely other tangent, I feel like. I, I think that's fine. Again, wordsmithing it, I, I don't know if I would have necessarily put it out that way. But In what way? What did I say? Not going to be hurt. Well, that's what you said. I know. You said stage number, I think it was two. But I think you can stay in. The safe zone, you don't get hurt. Right. I think you can go further. You can stay in a zone that's further than this friend zone. So you can be hurt. But if you know yourself, you can stay friends with them. You can still get majorly disappointed. Yeah, absolutely. But... That doesn't mean you can't hang out. You can't be friends with them. All right. So those are the stages. Yep. 
You can be friends, not be friends. You can have superficial friends. Can we call them cotton candy friends? How about that? Oh, cotton candy. You know, just fun. Fun. There are friends for every situation. And I've always said this. Even your best, best, best friend may not have the capacity to be your friend at every stage in life. They don't have the capacity for that. That's why it's important to have a community. Because Holly may not handle my whatever I'm going through that may be heavy all the time. So I need to talk to a Bertha. Spread it out a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Yes. No argument. But the joy, that should be going to everybody. Yes. So every time you have something wonderful happen, call everybody up, text everybody up and say, yo, (laughs) this happened. Do you know what I mean? Right. The really heavy stuff, I think that we should be judicious. Selective. And parceling it out here and there. Yes, but it's important to get it out. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I thought I could wrap this up. Like, I thought I had a pretty little bow, but I think that's it. (laughs) What do you think? (laughs) Certainly interesting. Certainly something to consider. I, I thought it was fascinating that certain aspects of friendship at least to these guys, requires proximity and proximity shifts all the time, but it still does. And then the others definitely require effort. So if it was me, the big lesson I'd take away from this is for the people I want to stay close to, get close to, A, I have to make myself vulnerable. B, I got to put in some effort. And the effort is actually fun, but you have to do it. Right. All right. That's it, I think. Let us know what you think. Reach out to us. You know our site, ourfriendlyworldpodcast.com. There's a little button to support our show. Let us know how we can support you. I would love to have Zoom meetings in person with you. All you have to do is email me. The email is on our website. Reach out. We're here waiting for you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We love you. Thank you so much for listening again. Thank you. Wendy, love you. Talk to you later. Be well. Bye.